0: Finished! 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 <laughs> I'm using that! You just wanted me to do that. Yeah, that <laughs> was amazing. I'm Alan Gerding, and welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast. This is the podcast all about the stories we make while playing the games on, around, and even under the gaming table. I'm talking board games, card games, miniature games, role-playing games, basically anything that brings us around the table that is a game. And with me, I have double trouble because I have two guests with me. Who are you, gentlemen? Please introduce yourselves. I am
1: Brendan Kendrick of Dead Alive Games, and I'm Bernie Lynn, also of Dead Alive Games.
0: Yay! Dead Alive <laughs> Games. What games have you all made that I would know? We have made zero games that you would know. <laughs> <laughs> no games yet. So you're basically coming in as green as they can come board game publishers. Totally. Did you find someone else's game to publish? Or are you doing the classic, we have a game we think is so badass, <laughs> we decided we're going to publish it ourselves.
2: We are that ambitious. Yeah, we, uh, we made a game and are just kind of working through the whole process of that and publishing.
0: So what's the name of the game that you all decided, this is so good, we're going to do it?
2: <laughs> the name came later, but it's called Omicron Protocol. And it's an sort of intra-apocalyptic uh, sort of sci-fi skirmish game.
0: A sci-fi skirmish game. This is exciting because... Sean and I have been working our asses off on Mothership, the sci-fi role-playing game. So we're huge fans of sci-fi horror. (laughs) Now, would you say this is sci-fi horror or is this just sci-fi pew, 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 more fantasy than fiction? What do you think?
2: This is more kind of hard sci-fi near future. So you can think of it like pre-cyberpunk almost. So between now and cyberpunk.
0: Man, that's really exciting because one of my favorite aspects of the movie Alien and Aliens, the original movies, is it only seems like it's a couple hundred years in the future where terraforming is just happening. Technology is still really flawed. For sure. I really love it. And we're going to talk so much about your game, Omicron Protocol, coming up. But before we do... I want the knaves, knights, and listeners alike to really care about you because otherwise, like, who are these assholes that are just rambling about their own game? We want to know the heart of who each of you are. I think we also want to make sure we can tell the difference between which one of you is speaking. So step up to the mic. Tell me what got you into board gaming.
1: All right. This is Bernie Lynn. I think I've been playing games since I was a kid whether it's computer or board games and things like that. Uh, I remember the first time I played First Ed Dungeons & Dragons, like in elementary school, that got me hooked into this whole playing with someone else instead of a computer or TV screen at that time. I didn't really get back into it again until probably after college. And then the golden age of board games started, like late 2000s and just started playing. Chaos in the Old World was one of my favorites. Whoa, nice. And the first hardcore game I've ever played. And that just got me hooked. And I just started holding board game nights with anyone who's willing to play. People would bring their Kickstarter games over whenever they get delivered. And then we would just try it out. And I usually just post like a few bullet points and a few photos of kind of what I thought.
0: When you say you were a kid, do you remember what the original game was? The golden era that we're living in with board games came. Some people call it the board game renaissance revival that's happening. But what was the original board game that you were like, oh, was it Dungeons and Dragons first edition? Uh,
1: Dungeons and Dragons was definitely the first, I would say complex game that I actually went and played the computer version, the gold box games back in the old days. like pool of radiance and all that because of seeing no was like, way
0: this is so cool yeah. yes
1: <laughs> yeah th- those are like some of my favorites because i saw that D thing i was like what is this thing i don't know anyone to play with so gotta just play on the computer by myself but the first game i think the one i really liked back in the old day was like life i think <laughs> the super old school oh, wow i don't think i would like the game now but i just remember
0: it does not hold up. Most people agree. <laughs> yeah. Life.
1: <blah>. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was just fascinating as a kid, I think. Like, oh my God, I could be an adult and do all these things. Yeah. Plus the little components. You get the little car, you get to drive around. I like I, that game. Put too. the babies on the car and all mm-hmm. that.
0: Bernie, I don't want to out you too much, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you're a peer of mine then if you're talking about life and if you're talking about the classic. Yep. Man, like Tandy 1000 computer <laughs> games. The best part for me was the cloth maps that most of them came with.
1: I still have the Ultima ones. Yes! But I just remember having to install like 30 floppy disks for Ultima 7 or something. (laughs) And then it died on disk 39 of 40. After like a few hours, and then I I, I had to go back to the store with all my discs going like, hey,
0: disc 39 doesn't work,
2: can I get a new copy
0: and do that again? (laughs)
2: That's a day-long project. You
0: must be (laughs) in your later 30s, I'm guessing. Uh,
1: Early 40s, actually.
0: Oh my goodness, so I was close, and Uh, I'm just doing that by (laughs) timestamping your experiences. (laughs) All right, let's let Brendan step up then. Brendan, same
2: question. You're up, sir. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Um, I also remember having D&D books when I was young and having no one to play with, so I mostly created characters. But (laughs) I remember watching Napoleon Dynamite, and there's that scene where he draws a Liger, and I was like, oh my god, that nerd is me.
0: What are you drawing?
2: A Liger. What's A Liger. It's pretty much my favorite animal. It's like a lion and a tiger mixed, but for its skills and magic. That was kind of my D&D experience, but also in a unique situation, my stepdad developed a game in 1982. What? Yeah.
0: All right, so you <laughs> must be the same age as Bernie around I his am age I'm assuming when you're talking about Yeah. Okay, nice. Go on. What is this
2: game? <laughs> this game is called Prospecting and basically it's gold rush era You just have little areas on the map, and you move your guy around, and you try to chain mining deposits. So you try to get three or four consecutive silver mines set up, and you get paid exponentially. And we're talking PC? No, we're talking board game. This thing was uh, basically like a poster.
0: And this thing was published? You could buy it at stores? He
2: self-published, yeah. I don't know how many stores carried it. Probably like three or four in Minneapolis, and that was it, but... Yeah.
0: But he self-published in 1982.
2: Yeah, pretty badass.
0: Oh my goodness, that's the age of TSR. Yeah. Here's the real important question, Uh Brendan, because we like to get deep here. Okay. Stepdad, what happened to your parents' marriage? Oh. No, I'm just
1: kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I was like, whoa. That's heavy.
2: (laughs) I was too young to know, so I I can't, uh, luckily, I can't answer that question, really.
0: (laughs) So where are you all from? Did I just hear you say Minneapolis? Yeah, I grew up in Minneapolis. And what about you, Bernie? I
1: moved around a lot like a military kid, even though my dad is not in the military. So I lived in the Midwest before I lived in LA, SF now, Taiwan, all over the place.
0: Wow. You lived in Taiwan?
1: Uh, Yeah, for about five years of my life.
0: What brought you to Taiwan? Because that's pretty atypical. The usual American experience is we move around a lot, but usually it's within the same 50 mile radius. Maybe we jump to another state because mom got a new job somewhere. I don't know. But Taiwan.
1: Yeah, my dad was an engineer and just decided every two, three years to look for a job either in a different state or a different country. So... We lived in Missouri, Michigan, went to Taiwan, came back down to Orange County, went back to Taiwan again, came back to L.A., and then came into the Bay Area.
0: So do you all live in L.A. or the Bay Area right now? All
1: my family now has immigrated to L.A., but I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area.
2: And what about you, Brendan? Yep, I'm living here. I've been here for 10 or 11 years just moved here from Minneapolis.
0: And in case our listeners don't know, Bernie and Brendan are sharing a microphone, bobbing their heads back and forth between the (laughs) microphone. But what brought you two together? Because now we have your individual stories. But what's the, dare I say, bromance story between Bernie and Brendan?
2: (laughs) I think it was X-Wing that brought us together initially. I used to play pretty hardcore at this store, Gamescape, In San Francisco. So back then it was probably six of us or sometimes four of us would just meet up on Tuesday night and play a game.
0: Tuesday night. That's the name (laughs) of the company. Tuesday night games. That's why we call it Tuesday night games. (laughs) Because best time to play games? Tuesday night. Fact. Check (laughs) it. But keep on going.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, I was playing X-Wing and uh, we had a tournament at that store. Bernie showed up with a few (laughs) lists printed out on paper in his hands. And he was kind of, like, just fumbling around, like, uh, can anyone help me? I looked at his uh, stuff. It was all terrible, of course, but I picked out the one that was most likely to help him succeed. And he actually pulled third place, total noob, in an X-Wing tournament. So that was badass.
0: So your love... Is all about X-Wing and gaming?
1: (laughs) Definitely gaming, yeah. Started with X-Wing and evolved into a lot of different other games.
2: Bernie single-handedly united the Bay Area and even like reaching further out into California into a circuit of X-Wing store championship tournaments. Everyone in the Bay Area knows his name if they play X-Wing, even still, even years after he quit playing the game.
0: I will quiz you on that because... (laughs) We have a knight and a dame oh. that are X-Wing fans. Oh. Huh.
1: So I don't know everyone. They know him. Yeah.
0: There's like 800 people. <laughs> oh, they know people. him. <laughs> yeah. What was the genesis of you upgrading from just being gamer friends to let's be game designer love partners?
2: I think it was my crazy idea. I say crazy in hindsight because we both look back and- kick me once <laughs> in a while for causing so much trouble but uh and I, i'm gonna throw a little shade here and i apologize but i had a game called dark souls that i backed on kickstarter and it quickly became not very fun to play at all oh wow yeah i mean you know it's fun when it's going well but there's just mechanics with the game that are kind of in my opinion broken but i spent time kind of trying to house rule it doing revisions and talking to Bernie about, like, oh, what could what could we do to make this more fun to play, you know, because I spent a bunch of money on it. Months later, it just kind of this idea of a skirmish game with a third-party enemy popped into my head, and I was like, this hasn't been done, which now I know that it has. <laughs> 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 there was already a Walking Dead all-out war was out, and we just didn't find it in my research, but... Uh, I just thought it was a really clever idea. I got really excited about it, and I called Bernie basically immediately. You can ask him how rare it is that I actually make a phone call. So I called him.
1: <laughs> and I don't pick up calls, so... What a pair you two make. I know. Somehow he called, and I picked it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Serendipity. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> how did that phone call go? Should we reenact it right here
2: and <laughs> there? I, I think it was something bring, like... Bring. Okay.
1: Bring, bring. Hello? Brendan? Hey. Dude, I just
2: had this idea of a skirmish game. I don't know, I was kind of breathless, so uh, <laughs> I just had this idea, a skirmish game, but with like a third-party enemy, like like zombies or something. Somehow they move, like A.I.s would so be a little bit like Zombicide, but then like the skirmish, the competitiveness. What do you think? I think we should try it.
1: You crazy, bro. Click. <laughs> that's, that's how I should have answered, looking back. Yeah, yeah. Time machine,
0: Bernie hangs up. <laughs> But you didn't. What you actually said was,
1: um, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. Let's try it out.
0: So how long did you all tinker around with this idea until you came up with what I imagine is, this is the story of the genesis of Omicron Protocol?
2: Indeed. Yeah, I, I think that was October Uh, 2017. 2017, yeah. Two years ago that I made the call and we had been in the habit. We were playing a lot of guild ball at the time, which is another awesome game, awesome game, like medieval skirmish soccer game. Super fun. We had been meeting up and just playing like a practice game every week because we were kind of playing tournaments and stuff pretty often. So I think we just skipped that and tried out this idea on our usual Friday night practice date. And uh, we kept going until I guess it was January. Yeah, January when we were like, you know what? We're doing this. And we established prematurely a (laughs) company.
0: (laughs) 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 That's going my life, gentlemen.
2: Yes. So, yeah, the rest is history.
0: Now, this is how I normally punish our guests, which we call nobles on this podcast. (laughs) If you're a listener, you're a knave. If you send in a story, you're a knight. If you're a guest, you're a noble. How do we punish our Nobles. We have you do an elevator pitch. And that means you have to explain the spirit of your game. Don't go into the nitty gritty rules because we don't care about that. It's an elevator pitch. Spirit of your game within a minute. Do you think you both can do that together as some type of dynamic duo chiming in and chiming out together?
1: Oh, my. Wow. We could try. I I think think we could try. We're linked together right now. Yeah, right. (laughs)
0: Well, here's the beautiful thing. Try and fail and it's still entertaining because most people just struggle. And that's the funny part because it gets worse. Are you ready for how it gets worse? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You don't do this as yourselves. You have to do them as specific characters. Oh, my God. For instance, we had uh, Christopher Walken as the Terminator give a pitch. (laughs) (laughs) for some game. Holy cats. What I'll do is I'll let the two of you decide what character the other should be so I'm not the jerk here. This way you're both guilty Uh. and I'm not the only one with my hands covered in blood. And we have to...
1: (laughs) stir is from anywhere or it just has to be from pop culture?
0: Anywhere you want to. It could be something so obscure I don't even know what it is. In fact, you can call upon your knowledge of one another to help inform what you give your partner to do for instance if i was on here with my business partner sean mccoy i would give him old-timey minor because he does an old-timey minor pretty well it's one of those inside things if you have it Ooh! Huh.
2: all right i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna have bernie play the part of lady rose oh my god because he we <clears throat> generate story using the genesis like open rpg sometimes we have a group of friends and we just kind of try to get situations going and see how people act, and he did a bang up job playing uh, one of our characters, Lady Rose, as an NPC. Oh
0: my god!
1: <laughs> how
2: did I play that character? Let me think. He's gonna kill me after this.
0: Wow! I love it, Lady Rose. Bernie is Lady Rose. All right. As revenge, I'm gonna <laughs> choose
1: Jugger the Elephant.
0: Oh, from our god. animals
1: faction. Oh my god. <laughs> In the game. Nice. And she is the leader of the animals faction.
0: Is she actually like a humanoid elephant? Nope. She's an
1: actual elephant that is now smarter and can understand human speech now. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
2: So then the audience is going to have to pretend that they can understand my telepathy. (laughs) Right. So we'll just
0: take it as a footnote. Everything that (laughs) Brendan is saying is being told to us telepathically. Yep. I'm going to be totally honest. My interest in Omicron protocol just went through the roof. With that. So, Already, I'm getting excited. When you are both ready, I want one of you to say, ding me SBJ, because that is a cue to start the elevator. Oh,
2: let's see here. I have to get in character. Yep. Hello? Hello? So I can explain the... I can explain the sims because the animals hate them so much. Yeah,
1: I can explain the city. Okay.
2: Okay. Ding me, SBJ.
1: Oh, hello there. About (laughs) four weeks ago, you know, the city kind of went to shits, and I, as the leader of the Red Dragons, really took over, consolidated my power, and control the whole city now.
2: Oh, these... These Sims are just such a terrible, terrible thing, and for some reason I have this awful urge to kill them. They, they're still alive, but they behave like mindless zombies. But ever since I've been able to break out of the zoo, I've stomped a few.
1: Oh my! We should maybe work together. There's some pesky survivalists and police still around. They're causing me a lot of trouble. Do you kill humans too?
2: My experience at the zoo has led me to think most of them are pretty cruel and evil, especially authority figures. I don't mind working together against the peacemakers.
1: Oh that'd be great. Who would have thunk? Animals and us red dragon <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jesus.
1: <laughs>
2: and I just pulled the earphone out yeah, of Bertie's ear, so. earplug. Yeah
0: oh man that may be my favorite elevator pitch i've ever heard
2: <laughs> i was like i don't know if that was I i don't know not. if we talked about the game really yeah. oh my god
0: well this is what we do after the elevator pitch is we talk details of the game so what are the stats of the game how many players
2: uh the player count can be two to four so it's
1: definitely built to be like a competitive game though so we are trying to come up with a solo mode because I think our community pretty much demanded one. And we're like, yeah, we love you so much. We'll try to do it. We never really seen a competitive skirmish game have a solo mode, but we'll do our best. Yeah, totally.
0: We're actually really excited
1: about that. That's interesting.
0: Is it possible to have teams then? uh, Yes. Two on two? Yes. Excellent. Is it possible to have everybody against the computer then? I say computer, anyone (laughs) against the game? So that's pretty
1: much going to be the spirit of our solo because most competitive game is just Two armies. So usually you can't really do a solo unless you could somehow come up with a complex AI for the opponent. But since we have this third party sims or cyber zombies, as Jugger was mentioning, yes. we can have them kind of behave in a certain way. Usually we have four characters on each side. So just have four characters fight the whole environment and try to accomplish some quests and objectives.
0: Now, obviously, when someone says skirmish game, the first thought that comes to my mind is minis. Are there minis in this game?
1: (laughs) There
2: are minis in this game for sure.
0: How many minis are we talking about and what kind of minis, which is basically another way of asking (laughs) what the heck is the genre and theme of this entire game?
2: Yeah. So it'll be six minis per faction to start with. So in the core box that we'll be coming out with, it's going to be six peacemakers, six survivalists, and of course, our third party is also represented in the third dimension so we will have 16 plus Sims models.
0: So what are each of these factions? Peacemakers, survivalists, and you said Sim models? So cyber mimetic sociopaths is shortened to
2: Sims. <laughs>
1: C-Y-M-S. <laughs> yeah, Coming they're... up with that name took us a while. Oh my gosh, yes. And shout out to uh, one of our community members, Matthew Proctor Brown. We did a contest for, hey, who can come up with the best name with C-Y-M-S as the acronym? <laughs> Yes.
0: So you came up with the acronym first. I think that's how most games do it. So don't be ashamed of that at all. I do want to ask you about the community, but let's get back to the original question. So the miniatures, the theme, the world.
2: Yeah. It's been four weeks since the Sims started to pop up everywhere. Kind of average citizens all have cybernetics implanted, smartphones and all that stuff embedded as technology in their bodies. And something's been going horribly wrong. Our story starts about four weeks in, in the year 2050, in the fictional Bay Area city of San Lazaro.
1: It started out as kind of just a regular flu epidemic. At least that's what the government wants people to think. The National Guard came in to try to help out with the hospitals. They were overflowing, people were scared, but there's curfew and quarantine zones. But two weeks into that, overnight all the high-level officials and the law enforcement evacuated the city the next day everything was shut down so no way in or out communication was jammed if it's wireless all the cables cut and any drone or anything trying to leave gets shot down
0: total quarantine total Total quarantine
1: you're pretty much isolated and you're stuck so everyone starts forming these factions to try to survive some of those that we mentioned Some are trying to survive and get out. Some are trying to help other people. And some are trying to obviously gather as much power as possible.
2: Indeed. So some people are inexplicably immune. And some people don't have cybernetics installed at all and are therefore immune. So survivalists are the doomsday preppers who've been waiting for this day. The peacemakers are the authority figures, police, and military who decided that abandoning the city was wrong. Counter to their orders, they stuck
1: around. And the two factions that we kind of represented in the elevator pitch, Lady Rose runs the Red Dragons, which was formerly a triad that's consolidated their power and absorbed all the other gangs around. And then Jugger is the leader of the animals, who obviously they were left alone in the zoo, so they all broke out. Somehow realized they could telepathically talk with each other. Different species of animals and all that. So they formed their own faction.
0: I'm going to tell you right now, I would go with the animal faction (laughs) right away.
1: That is the most popular one.
0: (laughs) Especially if you have a miniature elephant and different miniature animals. Hell yeah, I would definitely go with the animals. That's insane. Why do a fictional city and not actual San Francisco?
2: It just gave us a little more license to invent stuff that we needed.
0: I got it. Like if you have a skirmish map area, it doesn't have to be exactly represented. Right. Yeah. To be fair though, you think the time lapse would justify that a little bit that's because true. this is twenty yep. fifty. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. So this is twenty fifty. But I guess realistically that's not that far in the future. I mean we're only looking thirty years yeah, in the I think
1: future. Thirty years ago uh, SF still had pretty much similar areas. But yeah. ultimately the other thing is one thing we both like is a uh, Grand Theft Auto. And we really like how they always make a fictional city that's everyone knows what city it is. Right.
0: Like Liberty City in San Andreas. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. Vice City. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And we
1: can do a few tongue in cheek jokes about
2: the area without throwing any real shade, so <laughs>
0: So if people say, hey, you're making fun of blah, 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 blah. You could say, mm, not really. <laughs> it's just fictional. Wink, wink.
2: Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Right, exactly. No, it's really cool. So how does this play out then? You choose a faction mm-hmm. and is there a board, map? Is it 3D terrain? Lay this out for me because this is a podcast and I had some audio visuals. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So it's 2D because we a big part of our mission is kind of to make skirmish games more approachable So a lot of people in our our experience will be in the minis room and there's a bunch of dudes around a huge intimidating table full (sighs) of like awesome terrain. I'm cool with that, but a lot of people look into those rooms and want to run away in fear. So we wanted to streamline, we wanted a quick game that can be played in between your big game of 40k or whatever.
0: That was my next question was, how long does a single game take?
2: Not that long. I mean, a long game for us is an hour and a half.
1: And we have a short mode that you can play in 45 minutes. We call it a lunchtime version. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, we have a hex board and our bases are hex bases. So most, you know, the humans and the smaller animals and stuff all fit on one space some of our creatures are bigger like jugger the elephant she takes up seven hexes um (laughs) whoa yeah now for that reason it may and the smaller size of our board we also didn't want to do the big three by three
1: map and each game is scenario based so we come up with scenarios based on the story which we could talk a little more about we have like uh serialized publishing also every tuesday on our website. Nice. <laughs> so each scenario is kind of based on the major milestones or the story points in the game. It's even though it's a skirmish game, you could play each of them as if it were a campaign.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you suggesting that the results of one game can lend to the next game as far as... <laughs> Not yet. Health or equipment? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. That's
1: what I was saying. Like, if we end up having oh, shit. time, we can come up with some ways where the campaign... Results change things. No, totally. we have done something fun, which is we did do a live stream based on everyone voted on who they wanted on this mission. There's a setup, and depending on who won, it affected the story of the world.
0: How does the turns work then? Is it everyone moves one character, or is it you move all of your faction members and then go? And then you also said that it's objective-based. So does that mean whoever has the most points at the end, since it's not total elimination?
2: Yeah, yeah. How do
0: turns and winning work exactly?
2: You pick your faction, which is... So in a full game, you're picking out of your... Animals! Animals, right, okay. (laughs) You have six animals to choose from. They're all unique. Every character is totally unique in the game, which means that they have specialties, they have strengths, they have weaknesses. Based on what the core mission is, the scenario objective... You'd assemble your team of four that is going to accomplish the goals that, you, you know, you can kind of strategize and make a plan and say, okay, I'm going to need a fast model, you know, who's good at grabbing objective tokens. Give
0: me a couple of example goals.
2: Okay. One of our most common scenarios that we demo with is called Research Console. So in this scenario, a group of scientists have penetrated the information blockade and they want data on these sims so they've given you some diagnostic software to run you have to knock out sims scan their software and then upload it to a military computer that was left behind which has a hard line out of the city in game terms you're going to want to be able to knock out sims and quickly scan their implants and then get to the center and upload the data
0: so game terms get in to a skirmish fight yep. knock a couple dudes out yep And then drag their ass to a different location?
2: (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Nice. In the terms of the animals, you'd say, okay, well, I want to use the eagle because the eagle can fly really fast and far. She doesn't get attacked when she moves through a crowd. And she's really good at picking up objectives and delivering them places. Gotcha. But there's always, always you're able to knock out the Sims. Every five gets you a point. Knocking out a character gets you a point. So you can always sort of bolster your score with these other secondary objectives.
1: Yeah. There are some teams that will be like, you could just bring four people who are beaters yep. and say, I don't care about the objective. I'm just going to keep <laughs> beating you down. Exactly. And as long as you could do that better than they can do the objective, you could still win.
0: Right. Right. And is there an end game trigger or is it a time limit? What triggers the end game?
1: It's a trigger based on points, and that also allows you to change the length of the game. But we recommend whoever gets to three points, that means the next full round is the final round. So, kind of a board game trigger mechanic. But if you want to play a longer game, like let's play to five or let's play to seven.
0: I'm thrilled that you said you have community support because when I hear a game like this, <laughs> of course, it harkens back to. The golden years of Heroscape. Have you either of you played Heroscape? I have
1: not. I've only watched it. I never actually played it.
0: Heroscape, man, it hit so strong and hard, but that was before the internet was as prolific as it is now. Sure, There are still some people in the world who weren't touching it. So anyway... The idea of having community support means people can upload their own ideas, but also you said you can provide other campaigns and missions for almost infant replayability. How did you establish the start of this community as you referred to it, and how do I get on board?
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so kind of going back to the HeroScape idea, Zombicide was actually the other thing that gave us the idea of letting people create their own campaigns and scenarios, submit it, If it gets voted up and all that, we will make it official. You don't have to have it official. You could also download it and just play it. Um, In terms of building the community, pretty much started with just local friends, and we go to like a convention almost every month and just collecting that email list and inviting them to either the newsletter or the Facebook group. Uh, We definitely did a little bit of Facebook ads and stuff just to try to get more people to join into the community. And then now... We're more trying to get the community more engaged, so every week we kind of do these things called quests. It could be as simple as I caption this cool photo we took of the game, and then we have the community vote on the winner. Whoever wins, we send some swag over. Or something more meaty, which is going on right now, which we have people... Here's a character reveal of our fifth and sixth faction. Uh, suggest an ability and the one that the community votes as the best ability we will work with that person to try to get that in the game as the official ability of that character Mm -hmm.
0: so basically i'm hearing it's a facebook group page which is very accessible to most people doesn't mean you have to join some type of crazy forum so if you're already on facebook we could join this omicron protocol facebook page
1: yeah the facebook group Yep.
0: cool So how have you been able to play test this besides bringing it to shows? Has there been more than one version that you've created that you've been able to send out to play testers?
2: Yeah, tons. We've gone through a few versions this year. I think in January we started officially releasing a print and play, which you can download. Where? Um, You can find everything at deadalivegames.com slash slash dash protocol slash join-us.
0: Well, couldn't we just make that easier and say go to deadalivegames.com and click away and yeah, you'll find it? for sure. For sure. <laughs> Very simple. Yes. All right, so you have print and play available right now. So if I wanted to, I could hop on and print out a shit ton of stuff yeah. and start playing the game. It's Absolutely. also on That's uh, really exa- Tabletop
1: Simulator. Yeah, we
2: do have Tabletop Simulator
1: mod.
0: Oh! Now, <laughs> another thing that I'm obligated to do is Torture the Nobles with... A task of talking about our sponsors. You ready to be a shill with me? Yeah, let's do it. Sponsors, yay! Thank you for sponsoring us. Send us free stuff or money, and we'll talk about your stuff, but only if we like it.
2: Ha, ha, ha! I love your crazy fucking voice there. Sorry. That's <laughs> so good. That was amazing.
0: Appreciate it. <laughs> You yep. talked about tabletop simulator. You also have a print and play. Yes. Have you ever done anything with thegamecrafter.com? dot com?
2: Indeed, we have. We've printed two. What? I didn't even
0: know this. I, I'm not even lying. We did not set this up. I didn't know about this. That's Go true. On, sir.
2: You did not ask this until now. Uh, yeah, we've we've done a couple of uh, <laughs> print runs of prototypes through Game Crafter. Absolutely.
0: You want to share that experience in the next 30 seconds or minute with me chiming in and interrupting as usual?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So we basically, once we got a need for real playtesters and previews and review videos and stuff, we went and uploaded all our cards and all our assets. Obviously minis were something we had to provide ourselves, but, but yeah, it's pretty easy to just upload your assets and get a game made.
0: So if I was like you, and just starting a new game and trying to start a community mm-hmm. and trying as many people to play test this as possible, not only for marketing, but also for valuable feedback. Yeah. Would you recommend using the gamecrafter.com to help distribute your game? Uh, yeah, I would.
2: Absolutely. Especially if you have like us, we have hex based terrain. Nobody wants to print that out <laughs> and cut it out. <laughs> That's our experience. So definitely if you can provide some of those assets to people, Even if it's not your whole game necessarily, if you're trying to save a little money, but if you can provide some of those items in a kind of nice quality, I think goes a long way towards getting people to actually play test your game.
0: Is there a link on your website, deadalivegames.com, to the Game Crafter that I could print out the specific things to help with my print and play version?
2: There is not. What?
0: <laughs> that's, that's
2: not a bad idea, though. Yeah, we should actually... You're welcome. Do... <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, because what we've been doing is cutting open the GameCrafter box and throwing our minis and our canvas mats that we printed a bunch of. So we've been throwing those... Well, so
0: you're basically just shipping it to yourself, yeah. loading it in with the extra goodies that you can't get at the gamecrafter.com and then shipping out to everybody else. Exactly.
2: So if you see any of our preview videos or anything, that's what you're looking at.
0: Wow, that's a lot of work, man tell me about it <laughs> you pretty happy with the gamecrafter.com then yeah
2: the components are awesome for sure we we have not what been about disappointed. you bernie
1: really impressed yeah like the terrain looks really good and it's better than when we try to just put it on cardboard and yeah. tip to everyone else don't go cutting hex terrain it is the hardest thing yeah, in craft
0: <laughs> this went way better than i expected thank you gents <laughs> yeah, no problem I'm super excited about this game. I want to get my hands on it, but I have one last difficult question to ask you before we finish up this episode. Uh-huh. It sounds like you've done some of your homework as far as other miniature games, mm-hmm. but what are the games that people will compare Omicron Protocol to and what separates Omicron Protocol from all the other mini skirmishes games that may be out there? Huh. Besides the theme, obviously, because I am a crap ton on board with that <laughs> Nice,
2: nice probably the all-out war, which is a, zo- you know it's a it's a zombie game. It's uh, the Walking Dead skirmish game. But we actually deliberately avoided the rules to that game even after discovering it for a long time and finally played it at Gen Con a full seven months after really getting going. And the mechanics are completely different. So one thing that really separates our game is that the Sims, our third party, is activated by your opponent. So when you are running through the game and creating a lot of electromagnetic noise, these Sims are attracted to you and your opponent gets to move them against you. So that's extremely unique in our experience.
1: It kind of combines a lot of games like Malifaux and Guild Ball in the sense that there's other objectives that are not just killing each other, like mm-hmm. the old 40k days. But I think we definitely took some of that and just kind of added our own twist to it. Uh, one of the mechanic we have that some games have, but I think the bigger ones don't, is just having an ability to store some good rolls as luck. And you could use the luck tokens later on to make your bad rolls better, or use it in the game to kind of dodge bad effects that come at you. I would say one thing that we've heard a lot of people comparing it to, and it's a game we both love playing, is XCOM. In the way that Ooh. there's a squad of four people, and each time you activate one at a time, and yeah. you're moving tactically around, and then these quote unquote aliens, but the cyber zombies, or your opponent will also get to move and react to that, and then you, you know, you shoot at each other, or you slash at each other, see who can get to the objective, like prevent this thing from blowing up, or something like that.
0: You know it's crazy. Have you ever played the XCOM board game? I've not. Yes,
1: I have. Oh, Man, I want to.
0: And it is none of that. No, it is, it is not completely. a skirmish tactical. It's totally different. It is weird. the Absolutely. It is the
1: in between mission game. Really? Yeah, yeah, it really is. You have time things where you have to do research and aliens come in. You have to shoot it down and oh, like, research these yeah. new technology. And you have like it's a timer. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But there's none of the fighting tactical part of the game as in the board game.
0: There's no tactical. It's just rolling dice and choosing how many dice uh, you'll roll and it costs resources. Interesting. I'm really curious how I can get my hands on the miniatures. How are you doing the miniatures then? Are you having them already manufactured? Is this 3D printing? What are you doing?
2: One of our missteps was Uh uh, we really committed hard to the pewter miniatures scene for a very long time. And then... Are you
0: kidding me? Pewter? Yeah. Ex- yeah. That's, that's You really are as old as I am. Oh, my goodness. that's a Because very, nowadays, people don't even bat an eyelash at plastic minis because exactly. it is the standard for over a decade yeah, now. Yeah, we were
1: also living in the 80s and 90s when we were making this game going, yeah. like, oh, shoot. Yeah, so so that was kind
2: of a bitter pill. When A couple weeks before we launched, we did like a survey of our community and received some rather harsh results (laughs) about the prospect of making and selling metal miniatures. So we pivoted pretty hard towards plastic. That's kind of one of the big reasons we weren't as well prepared as we could have been during our uh, campaign this spring, but we're moving towards plastic. But because of this misstep, we have really beautiful prototypes because we went through the whole metal casting process Mm -hmm. with fortress figures. That's really awesome and helped us with our sculpts and stuff too. So,
0: so right now, your prototypes are pewter. That's correct, yeah. Are... But the actual game will be plastic. Yeah. Yep. But that means you already hired sculptors to sculpt oh, and have yeah. the molds. And... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So is the only difference then is instead of injecting it with pewter, now it's being injected with plastic? Can you still use the same tooling oh, for no. <laughs> pewter to plastic, or do you have to redo it all? It's
2: going to have to be redone. Unfortunately, that's a sunk cost
1: for all the pewter molds. And the plastic ones cost way more than pewter. The yeah. molds. Yep.
0: Oh, the molds do, but the actual material doesn't. Right. So after years and years yeah. of using the tools, it should yeah. pay for itself. Exactly. This is very educational. Yeah. But alleviate my ignorance here, were they rendered in 3D so it shouldn't be so hard to yes. move into plastic tooling?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The okay, files cool. are the same. Yep.
0: That's awesome. Man, I'm not going to lie. You told me about this game in person. And my first response was, oh, it's another minis game. (laughs) Uh, Everyone's trying this. We'll see what it's like. There's some burnout with miniatures games right now. But after hearing you both talk, I sincerely am excited and really want to play this game. Awesome. So what's the best way to get involved? You already said to go ahead and check out your website, deadalivegames.com. Is there any other way to follow the goodness?
2: Um, I think, yeah, Joining our Facebook group is great. That's where we're very engaged and can answer any questions anytime. And then. And back
0: to Kickstarter, obviously.
2: Oh yeah, never mind. So go to our Kickstarter now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and no problem because you'll find the link to their Kickstarter in this podcast episode description below. What if we want to follow you both as individuals? What do we go? Are you on the social medias? Uh, neither one of us is
2: that out there on our own. But as Dead Alive Games, we're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Facebook so, yeah. And
1: pretty much just at Omicron Protocol, one word everywhere.
0: Is there so much lore to this now that you could compile it into a book?
1: Uh, funny you ask. <laughs> we have about 40 something thousand words published, uh, probably another tens of thousands of words to be written. And we are going to have a full color art and story book hardcover published hopefully as a stretch goal yep
0: because when you say that that sounds intimidating to me as if i would be jumping into the deep end of the pool instead of <laughs> slowly wading in so this book obviously would be organized in a way that wouldn't be intimidating so i could just jump right in absolutely and be a pro like everyone else who's been following this entire time Oh, for sure. sure. i'm assuming yeah okay sure. cool if i did want to jump in right away is it still written that way on your website or would I have difficulty navigating around? Uh, no.
1: So on the website, if you just go there, the first image is the first story. So if you just want to start there, you can just click through the numbers. Uh, obviously, as we publish it, we kind of are just like revealing the world in different weeks of the timeline Mm -hmm. so it might not be as coherent but it's kind of that style of like oh you're discovering these things here and they're piecing it together and the storybook will probably rearrange it a little bit differently and have it a little more chronological
0: beautifully said i'm (laughs) sold. thank you both (laughs) so much for coming on i really appreciate it thanks for having us No problem. I really wish you luck on the Kickstarter. I know I'll be backing it. If you want to follow this podcast, you can write all of your emails, comments, questions, concerns to podcast at TuesdaynightGames.com. Spelled with a K. And if you want to follow us on social media, we're on the Twitters, the Facebook, the the Instagrams, whatever, at PlayTKG. With that being said, this episode is <laughs> 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 oh so, I think i can listen to this one that section <laughs> no problem oh it's gonna be so good